Hello everyone and welcome to the second episode of In Quotes, the podcast about quotes and the people who said them. My name is Prithvi Srivatsav, but you can call me Pipey. And welcome back guys. Uh this is the second episode. I am currently recording this on the 9th of September 2020 and official quarantine protocol has been lifted here in Chennai. We have returned to some semblance of normalcy I would say. But I still hope you're all being safe, you're all being cautious, wearing masks, not touching strangers, keeping your family safe, all the rest. And today we have our first movie quote. Our quote today comes courtesy of everyone's favorite anti-hero Tyler Durden, played by Brad Pitt in the 1999 David Fincher masterpiece Fight Club. I guess by talking about Fight Club I'm technically breaking the first two rules of Fight Club but let's put that aside for a minute. Before we move on with the episode I want to make a couple of clarifications. Clarification number 1 big big spoiler alert. I love this film so much and I've always said you only get to watch Fight Club for the first time once. I thought it was pretty popular but I was surprised even some of my friends haven't seen it yet. I'll try not to give away any of the big plot twists or turns in the movie but I cannot promise anything. I think you can take away something from this episode if you haven't watched the movie but please go and watch it. It's so good and it's completely worth your time. It is R rated though so if you're under 18 parental discretion is advised. Clarification number 2. I am not and do not claim to be an expert on economics, capitalism, communism or things like that. We will be touching on these topics a bit later on in the episode. I have done some research on it for this episode, but I am not an expert by any stretch of the imagination. These are my own opinions and original thoughts I have had. I do not present them as hard facts, so take everything with a grain of salt. And if you disagree with me, my Twitter is in the description. Tweet me and we can talk about it later. So having said all that, let me give you a brief synopsis of the movie before we move on. The movie is centered around our narrator, played by Edward Norton, who lives the typical bland cookie-cutter corporate American lifestyle. He lives alone in his overfurnished condo and he suffers from insomnia. So what he does to remedy this after his doctor refuses to help him is that he starts going to support groups for people with diseases like testicular cancer and blood parasites even though he doesn't suffer from any of them the reason he goes to these places is to feel some sort of human connection to like let loose and cry so that he can sleep better at night eventually he meets this cool suave like nihilistic soap salesman named Tyler Durden on a flight They have a very short conversation but the narrator is immediately taken with this guy because his attitude goes totally against the grain he marches to his own drum and he's totally against what society wants him to be in yada yada When the narrator finally gets back to his house after his trip he realizes that a huge explosion has taken place in his house and so one thing leads to another and he ends up staying with Tyler So what these two end up doing is start this underground fighting ring called Fight Club. And the whole point of Fight Club is to go against society's 
regular thinking and to challenge the institution and they also beat each other up brutally every saturday or so and the members of fight club are really feel really indebted to tyler and they treat him as a messiah and so the club slowly morphs into this cult like organization and they start burning up buildings and setting fires to random places and the narrator begins to realize his mistake and the last act of the movie is him trying to stop this runaway train basically and so the quote we have today is said by Tyler Durden and he says it in one of the first few meetings of fight club and so without any further ado let's close our eyes and open our minds and i'm going to hand it off to tyler for quote mode I see in Fight Club the strongest and smartest men who've ever lived. I see all this potential, and I see squandering. God damn it, an entire generation pumping gas, waiting tables, slaves with white collars. Advertising has us chasing cars and clothes, working jobs we hate so we can buy shit we don't need. the middle children of history man no purpose or place we have no great war no great depression our great war is a spiritual war our great depression is our lives we've all been raised on television to believe that one day we'd all be millionaires and movie gods and rock stars but we won't We're slowly learning that fact. We're very, very pissed off. How's that for a quote, huh? Wow. I know I've spent like way too much time raving about this movie, but I have so many thoughts on it. First of all, like technically speaking, it's incredibly made. The cinematography, the direction, Fincher drops you at the climax in the beginning of the movie it's very kind of nolanesque where it doesn't work backward exactly but the dramatic tension is heightened from the get go it's so good and there are so many incredible performances in this movie brad pitt is amazing edward norton is amazing and helena bonham carter plays her role so well like she has some of the best lines in this movie and that's saying a lot because Again the writing is so so good. I could have done an entire season of this podcast with just Fight Club. There are so many amazing quotes like sprinkled throughout the entire script. I'll give you an example. So after the narrator's house burns down, he calls up Tyler and they meet up for a beer at this bar and they're both talking and the narrator is saying about how he had like he lost all his furniture and he lost all his shirts and this and that and he was like i was so close to being complete and tyler hears all of this and in the end he just says the things you own end up owning you that's such a succinct way of summing up like the consumerist mindset as a whole it's it's so great this is one of these movies that i watched at a very young age and i didn't understand most of it but i knew i was watching something special i've watched this film about 7 to 8 times i would say 
And Fight Club is totally one of those movies that gets better on the rewatch. When you go into it with all the information you had from the previous viewing, it like unlocks another dimension of the movie. It's so great. The main criticism people have against Fight Club is that it's a quote-unquote bro movie. It caters to a very specific demographic of like hyper-violent or hyper-masculine men. And I don't think that's an unfair comparison because it totally like glorifies violence and Tyler Durden's character is worshipped by teenage boys around the globe. I think one of the reviewers said that you can't find like an American dorm without at least one Fight Club poster in it. But I think this was an accident. While the writing team wanted Tyler Durden to be likable, I don't think he was made to be worshipped and his ideals to be upheld like the way it is. Because the movie itself undermines what the character was trying to do in the entire film. Tyler Durden's whole point was that capitalism was trying to rid you of your identity and make you a slave to its purposes. But by creating this like weird cultish group he did, he stripped everyone of their real names and he made them all drones who did whatever he wanted them to do without questioning it. He became the thing he swore to destroy by the end. But there's an even bigger piece of juicy high irony hiding in plain sight here. And that's the fact that this is a movie. This is a money-making vehicle made by a huge movie studio. After the release of this movie, they made Fight Club soaps, like commemorative soaps. They made a Fight Club fighting game. For crying out loud, this was made by 20th Century Fox, one of the biggest movie studios of the time, which is now owned by the Walt Disney Corporation, one of the biggest corporations of all time. So the people telling you that, oh, consumerism is bad and capitalism is bad, they're the people holding the reins. The person telling you that, oh, you know, television implanted this idea of you will be a movie star and you will be a rock star in the future. That's Brad Pitt, the biggest movie star in the world, arguably. Again, all this is evidence towards the fact that the hero worship of Tyler Durden that happens among, like, teenage boys is... It's very similar to what happened to Nolan's Joker, say. Because while the the character was made to be sympathetic to an extent, the fact that people empathize with the villain of the movie so much more than the hero says more about the people watching the movie than the writers themselves. And I thought this was a very interesting part. Interesting sub-point to be made about the movie. Okay, I swear, I'm done raving and waffling on about the movie. Let's get to the quote. Man, this quote. I don't even know where to begin. I feel like this monologue is one of the most crisp indictments of late-stage capitalism as it exists in our society right now. Because it touches on every flaw and every issue we have in our current society. It talks about the wasted potential of the middle class and the less privileged. It talks about the powerlessness you feel when you're not as financially stable as you want to be. It talks about the false promises society gives you of like, oh, if you buy this product, your life will be so much better. And But I want to talk about this quote from a more 
personal perspective so i would say i i come from a typical like middle class family both my mom and my dad had to work insanely hard to put us in the position we are right now but they always did this thing whenever growing up whenever my sister or i asked for something they never really said no most of the time they always tried their best to make it happen this small detail i feel really changed the relationship i had with money i never really thought about it as a big deal i was just like oh you know what some people have money some people don't that's just the way it is but growing up or a big part of growing up is recognizing that there exists this paradox in our society that whenever you talk to people they will tell you you know what money doesn't buy happiness getting more money is not going to solve every problem you have in your life but if you track every decision that person has made throughout their lifetime the main deciding criteria in all of them is just the basic question of is this going to make me more money people will step on their coworkers backs to get a promotion they will choose a better job even if it means costing them a relationship they will put their lives and reputations on the line and scam the very people that voted for them to be in a position of power you start thinking you start thinking because if money is not the reason if money is not going to give you happiness then why do people choose to act in all these like self destructive ways so by the end of all this your child brain concludes that oh, you know what maybe money is the most important thing in life maybe i should be paying attention to how much i make and how much i spend and who has more money than me who has less money than me speaking of people who make more money than you let's take a minute to talk about jeff bezos the poster boy of capitalist excess for those of you who do not know by some miracle jeff bezos is the ceo and founder of the tech giant amazon and he is the richest man in the world as of the day of recording this which is the 12th of september he is worth 204.6 billion us dollars i have to specify the day i'm recording this because this guy makes money like nobody's business during the coronavirus pandemic while every other business was struggling to make ends meet this man made 10 billion dollars in a single day on scales like this numbers stop making sense to you so let me paint a picture say you were one of the slaves who was working on building the great pyramids of giza in egypt and you place the final block on top of the pyramid and all the aliens fly away in the ufo's or whatever and you decide you know what i'm going to turn my life around i'm going to start saving 10000 us dollars for every single day from now on the pyramids were completed in 2540 BC and if you saved $10,000 every single day from that date to today you would still have only one fifth the amount of money Jeff Bezos has yeah let that sink in for a second in 2019 he and his wife decided to split up and just from the divorce settlements his wife became the fourth richest woman in the world and because of the recent surges in amazon stock she became the richest woman in the world and all she had to do was marry jeff bezos 
I'm telling you, buying that wedding dress was the best investment she would ever make in her life. So when you're talking about this magnitude of wealth, when you've amassed more wealth than you could ever hope to spend in a hundred lifetimes, I would say it's a bit immoral to have that much money. When there are a billion people who are dying of preventable diseases and who don't have access to clean drinking water, and you have more money than you could ever hope to spend, isn't it a bit immoral? I don't know. You know, when you try and express these sentiments online, you're weirdly met with a large amount of backlash. I don't know why, but people feel like they have to rush to Jeff Bezos' defense and uphold the honor of the richest man in the world online. But whenever you are a part of one of these discussions, the same four or five arguments get thrown around. One, people feel like they have to point out to you that, oh, you know, net worth doesn't mean the amount of money he has in his bank account. It's not like he has $200 billion in his bank account waiting to be spent. And you know what? Yeah, that's true. Net worth, as far as I understand, is a measure of your overall wealth. So it includes your shares, your stocks, your assets, your property, etc. But it's still a measure of your wealth. It's the index by which your wealth is ranked. If Jeff Bezos said tomorrow that, you know what, I'm done with all this, I'm cashing my chips in, I'm leaving the casino. As far as I understand, his net worth is the theoretical maximum amount of money he can have. So I don't know why pointing this out makes a difference. The second argument you are faced with is that Oh, why are you begrudging him his wealth? It's not like he did anything illegal. He saw a gap in the market and he came in and he provided a solution and he deserves his wealth for it. It's not like he did anything illegal or he stole this from someone. And yeah, that's true, I guess. But we've seen time and time again that people with even a fraction of the amount of money he has have so many skeletons in their closet. And I think it's a pretty naive mindset to have if you're thinking that he's this angel who never did anything illegal or never stepped on anyone's face to get what he wants. The third argument you will be faced with is that, you know, it's not like he's making money out of nowhere. He's providing a major service to people. Amazon has forever changed the way we shop and he's created so many jobs and so many values and so many cottage industries have sprung up around his creation. So... He deserves the amount of wealth he has. And you know what? I feel like this is a strong argument to make. It's true that he has created jobs and he has created value in society, but $204 billion worth of value? Even in GTA, I don't think you're allowed to make that much money. Even if you cured cancer, I don't think you deserve that much money. The sheer magnitude of his earnings really undermines this point, I feel. And what about all the negative side effects of his work? What about all the, the ill-treatment of Amazon workers and Amazon warehouses? What about the number of jobs people lost because all of shopping just went online over, the, over a very short time scale? Don't these things have to be considered when we're talking about him? Usually, if the discussion gets to this point, one of two things will happen. One, the person I'm talking to will call me a dirty communist. Or two they'll be like, you know what, life's not fair sometimes. He was in the right place at the right time and he did the right things and he deserves all the money he gets. To that first point, I I am not a communist. 
I don't think communism is the way. Even brilliant economists who criticize capitalism also acknowledge that communism is not the right answer and discarding capitalism just because of a few flaws it has is throwing the baby out with the bathwater I feel. And I am in no way advocating that we pursue some sort of communist system. And two, the life's not fair argument. That one really gets on my nerves. Because if you observe the people who tell you that life's not fair are the exact same people benefiting out of the unfairness of life for others they are in positions of power and it is in that their direct interest that life is not fair for others shouldn't it be the ultimate object of the of a developed modern society to make sure that life is as fair and as equitable to every member of every class of its society shouldn't that be the ultimate goal so by pointing out life's not fair what are you doing to prevent that you know tyler durden said we have no great war we have no great depression this should be our great war the fight to make sure that the 20% of people don't hold 80% of the wealth i don't know i've i really feel out of my comfort zone here i've not sat in a single economics class and maybe i'm i'm completely off base here My entire goal with this episode is to make you sit back and think whether what our goal should be as a society and if we really feel that it should be that life should be as fair as to as many number of people as possible then i want you to think whether this capitalist idealism of like you know what the market will take care of it the invisible hand of wealth will guide everyone to salvation and the wealth will trickle down from above i swear like i want you to reconsider this point and If I've succeeded in making you do that, that counts as a win in my book. That's it. That's the end of the episode. Thank you so much for sticking with me and bearing with me as I fumbled my way through this topic. I'm really nervous about posting this one. I'm I'm nervous for two reasons. One, I'm scared people are going to listen to this and think, "What? You're just figuring this out? Like this is so obvious. Like get with the times, buddy." Or two, I'm scared I've made some like fatal mistake and everyone's going to want to scream at me if you do want to scream at me as i said before my twitter is in the show notes you feel free to tweet at me with your opinions i also found this new podcast app called breaker that lets you leave comments right under the episode which is great so please use that as well and if you enjoyed this podcast in any capacity please please do share it with someone I try not to let the listener numbers get to my ego but it is it, it is a really nice feeling when you know that a lot of people are listening to what you have to say so thank you again thank you so much for listening this has been in quotes i have been pipey take care and stay safe